Jesus is Lord. We say Jesus is Lord. Lord over our lives. Lord over our homes. Lord over my life. Lord over my home. Lord over my health. Jesus, I say you are Lord. Jesus, you are Lord. Lord. Lord over my life. Lord over my family. Lord over this church. Jesus, I declare today that you are Lord. I declare, I declare, I declare that you are Lord. For you alone are the Lord of Lords. You alone are the King of Kings. You alone are the God of Gods. Jesus, you are Lord. Jesus, we say you are Lord. Lord over this service. Jesus, we declare to you. We declare, we declare that you are Lord. So Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. Lord over our lives. Lord over my house. Lord over my home. Lord over this gathering today. For even this gathering rubs unto you. For you alone are the Lord of Lords. You alone are the King of Kings. Jesus, we declare that you are Lord. To the glory of God the Father. The Bible also says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Who he has redeemed out of the hands of the enemy. Let us declare today that I am the redeemed of the Lord. I be redeemed out of the hands of the enemy. I am the redeemed of the Lord. And I have been redeemed out of the hands of the enemy. Oh, Satan, you have no place in me. You have no power over me. But my body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in me, which I have of God. I am the redeemed of the Lord, and I have been redeemed out of your hands. I have been redeemed by the precious eternal blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood, the blood that has become Satan, the blood that has become the world. Oh, yes, I declare to me. But I am the redeemed of the Lord, and I have been redeemed, redeemed, redeemed out of your hands. Redeemed out of the hands of sickness. Redeemed out of the hands of problems. Redeemed out of the hands of depression. Redeemed, redeemed, redeemed all for this purpose the Son of God was manifested. That he might destroy all the works of the devil. I am the redeemed of the Lord. And I have been redeemed out of your hands, Satan. For I am the redeemed of the Lord. Redeemed by the blood of Jesus. The precious, the precious, the precious, eternal blood of Jesus. Yes, yes. The Bible also says that I shall not die but live and declare the works of God. So let's lift up our voices and just declare that I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. The Lord shall satisfy me with long life and show me his salvation. Oh, the Lord shall satisfy me with long life and show me that. I shall not die. I shall live. I shall declare the works of God. Oh, I shall not die. I shall live. I shall declare the works of the Lord. For the Lord himself will satisfy me with long life and show me his salvation. Oh, none shall die in my family. They shall live. They shall declare the works of the Lord. Yes, for the Lord will satisfy us with long life and show us his salvation. Oh, we declare today, we declare today that no one here shall die but live and declare the works of the Lord. There's no one like Jehovah. 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 There's no one like Jehovah.
heaven we bless you we exalt you it is you we have come to meet with lord it is you we have come to magnify here lord mighty god in heaven we pray and ask today that you open the eyes of our understanding grant almighty oh, god enablement mighty god that we might be dwellers of the world we shall hear today glory and honor we give unto you in jesus mighty name we pray amen please be seated now we are going to continue with taking the city part four but today we are speaking on the spirit and power of elijah everybody say the spirit and power of elijah but the central theme of what we are talking about is taking the city and i want us all to understand that even as the word of god goes forth there's something we must do it's one thing for god to say i'm ready it's another thing entirely for people to arise and do that which god says he's ready to do everybody has a responsibility to ensure that they are part of what god is doing there's something going on it's already going on so don't just be people who come to church and listen to the word of god and then go away that is not good enough and that will really really um be sad for you you see because whether we know it or not god has understand that the city when i use that term this taking the city it's it's it applies to several levels also applies to your life it's time to take over your life from all the things that surround you it's time to to be in charge but at the same time it is time to really take over this city god has given us this city i know what i'm talking about as he has given us this state as he has given us this nation i won't say more than that i'm not allowed to say more than that but just know that it is time therefore for the people of god to arise and to possess as the bible says their possession it's your possession you can't just sit down and look i'm just thinking of how to put this you see, okay let me leave that issue the lord is looking for a people who will arise and take this nation who will arise and take the city and on wednesday looking at the same theme of taking the city we said it was time for the temple to be cleansed we explained that we are the temple everyone here is a temple of god and we looked at the cleansing of the temple by by jesus and we said that the truth is if god were to reveal the hearts of his temples all that we would find there would be buying and selling all we would find would be haggling and commotion all we would find would be thieves and fornicators at best we would find dread dry religion lacking in the power of god but god is it that song is so when when 
Ibuku came with the song. I told her I said that she was in the spirit because I said that's just what I'm going to be speaking about. These are the days of Elijah. I'll explain. And God is looking for his Elijahs. And they are in church. They are in this church. It's just that right now they are preoccupied with buying and selling merchandising and gossip and storytelling and lying and cheating. But I believe that as of last Wednesday, some people here would have cleaned out their temples. Because you've just, just got to take what we are saying seriously. There's so much happening. We live in the days of Elijah. Let me explain. If you look at Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, the Bible says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. This passage of scripture is one of the planks that the Jews stand upon when they reject Jesus as the Messiah. The Jews believe that before the Messiah comes, Elijah, as he was then, would return. And I've explained this before. That is why during their own Passover there's always a vacant seat in every Jewish home an empty seat it's the seat of Elijah because they don't know which home Elijah would appear in but they are really and truly looking forward to the return of Elijah so much so that when Jesus walked the earth his disciples actually said to him but Elijah has to come first and Jesus said, yes. Turn to Luke chapter 1. Jesus said, yes. And that indeed, Elijah would not come as Elijah, but that someone would come in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Luke 1, verse 16 and 17. This is about John the Baptist. The Bible says, of John the Baptist and many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias Elias is Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord that the Bible says was a ministry of John the Baptist that that was what John the Baptist was going to do but that all that John the Baptist would do would simply be walking in the spirit and the power of Elijah listen carefully and anybody who knows any bit about John the Baptist will know that he had just one message repent for the kingdom of God is at hand in fact, he, he, if, if you ask me, John the Baptist, he took things a little bit far. He even tried to dress like Elijah. 
you know, and spent his time in the wilderness and, and ate only locust and honey and had a wild girdle. He looked like a wild man. He tried to be a bit like, like, but he himself, the Jews, everybody in, it's only in church that people don't know scripture. They don't know what the Bible says. But in Israel, everybody understands and knows that once the Bible says A will happen, they keep looking forward to that. So people in Israel are still looking forward to the coming in of Elijah. Turn to Matthew chapter 17. I want to make sure you understand this very well. Matthew 17, let me take it from verse 10. And his disciples asked him, saying, Why then say the scribes that Elijah must first come? And Jesus answered and said unto them, Elijah truly shall first come and restore all things. Everybody say, restore all things. But I say unto you that Elijah is come already. And they knew him not, but have done unto him whatsoever they listed. Likewise also shall the Son of Man suffer of them. So here we find Jesus identifying clearly to his disciples who were worrying. Because, you see, this just shows you how the Jews depend so much on the word of God. They say, before you come, Jesus, before you come. Elijah has to come. Oh, well, okay, explain. Why, why, why does everybody believe that Elijah must come before you? And um, Jesus said, it's true. And that indeed, Elijah had come. He was referring then to John the Baptist because the prophecy of his life says he will operate in the spirit and in the power. That's where not understanding sometimes creates error. They were expecting the same physical Elijah. But the word of God was speaking about the spirit and the power of Elijah. Now, how does that have any relevance to you and I and to the taking of this nation, of this city, and of your life? Simple. Jesus is coming again. Turn to Acts chapter 3. You see, because the interesting thing about the word of God is that there are said, I've said that the Jews know and believe that every single word of God has a minimum of 70 layers of revelation. 70, not 7, 70. So we'll just take a second layer of revelation today about the return of Elijah. Acts chapter 3, 20 and 21. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive, must hold back, until the times of restitution, of restoration of all things, which God had spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. This speaks about the second coming of Jesus. And here the Bible tells us that yes, Jesus will return. But he will not return to a situation where the devil has the upper hand. 
where his people are crowded in churches looking for deliverance looking for miracles he's not returning this time to a people snared a people in caves no he's returning this time to a people who would be walking in the spirit and in the power of Elijah not one man now but a people <coughs> there is a second coming but before that second coming that's what Malachi 4 5 and 6 we've read says that Elijah but that Elijah there refers to a move of God and that move of God would be a move of God that will just display the spirit and the power of Elijah which is to say that we all must take the story of Elijah seriously which is to say we must spend some time and study him a little bit more I'm going to look at one verse concerning Elijah today and you'll understand why you must take him seriously because he has as it were a rule cut out for him his rule is to restore all things his role is to make ready a people that are prepared to meet God not people who are going to hell his role is to bring back righteousness onto the face of the earth so when we talk about the spirit and the power of Elijah we are talking about that power that spirit that will help us in the business of evangelism in the business of taking over and guess what it is going to be fueled and propelled by prayer which is to say that um, 1st May to 31st May and that 31 days will be worshipping the Lord with fastings and prayers Give the Lord a billion of applause. I want, I want to encourage everybody. I really, really want to encourage us all. Um, if I told you, let me put it this way. Let's put it this way because the only thing that gets the attention of people and I want really to hold your attention today if I told you that this last week somebody walked into my office and paid fights of over 30 million naira what would you say? (laughs) and somebody did Uh. (laughs) hallelujah for me now some of you would have um, would have said later, later let us see what they want to do says in this church but things are happening we, just have, we can't tell you everything that's happening but just you step out and see what God can do so there is the spirit and the power of Elijah that's available to do certain things on the face of the earth and that is precisely how we are going to take over the city. 
That's how you are going to take over and take absolute control of your life and situation. So let's turn to this man, Elijah, and see what it is that's about him. We are just going to look at the, just one single verse of scripture. 1 Kings 17, chapter 1. 1 Kings 17. Shall we read the whole of verse 1 together? Let's read together verse 1. 1 Kings 17. 1, 2, go. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain, despite, but according to my word. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel liveth, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, but these years according, but according to my word. These years, but according to my word. Look at the introduction of Elijah. Anybody who, if you spend any time at all studying the Bible, one of the things you find everybody writes about is the suddenness of the introduction of Elijah. In fact, some scholars, particularly because of the way Elijah exited the earth in a chariot of fire, in a whirlwind, some people just believe that he wasn't really a human being, that um, he was an angel, that just appeared as a human being. But we thank God that James 5.17 tells us that Elijah was a man subject to like passions. Indeed, he had a bad temper, as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. But there is some significance. You see, there's nothing in the Bible that doesn't have a meaning. And not just an ordinary meaning, very deep meaning. God introduces Elijah the way he does because he wanted to create an impression. These who are just coming to church at this time, they should wait for all of you who are just coming and you are waiting for second service. Huh? Elijah appears very suddenly because God is not just a God of patience, he's a God of surprises. And God is about to surprise a lot of people. Some for good, some for bad. Always thinking that surprise must mean good. No. The surprise that Ahab got here was a good one. It wasn't a good surprise. Now let's just understand the... I want to just paint a picture of things that made God bring Elijah in the way he did. We all know the story of Ahab, the man who married Jezebel. Everybody knows Jezebel as a bad woman. So I don't think anyone, even an illiterate, would name a child Jezebel. Jezebel introduced idol worship, Baal worship, into Israel. Baal was simply the god of fertility, the god of prosperity to the people of Tyre and Sidon. Listen carefully. Now, Tyre and Sidon, where Jezebel came from, was very, very prosperous. Anytime you read the Bible, you find that the people of Tyre were always involved with trade. They even derailed Ephraim. Because there was wealth, there was money. Listen carefully. And they attributed all their wealth and money to their 
idol. And God didn't have any problem with them because they were not his covenant people. Indeed, God said clearly, leave these people alone. You just walk with me. But when Ahab brought in Jezebel, Jezebel naturally would want to continue to prosper. So she had to bring that which she believed was responsible for her prosperity. And the interesting thing was that the prosperity of Tyre flowed through into Israel. And so people in Israel found out that they were making a lot more money. There were more jobs. The banks were thriving. Everything was just going well. But they were told by Jezebel, all of this money you see, all our lives go to our nation. We are wealthy. It is this God called Baal that is responsible. And the people of Israel, no different from the human beings that live on the face of the earth today, made up their minds and said, But we have our own God. He took us out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea. We were worshipping. But let us make sure we don't offend Baal. Lest all this prosperity disappears suddenly. So they came to a place where they worshipped God and they also worshipped Jezebel's idol. Why? Because of the money. Because Baal and God, is God, God just has a wonderful sense of humor was responsible for the fertility of their cows and their sheep made sure that their crops gave forth a hundredfold harvest, made sure that their trade with Tyre was working well and so it was easy for the people to say to themselves we'll accommodate this God because they could see the results, the physical results that's why when Elijah draws them to a contest he says to the people how long halt ye between two opinions they didn't throw away their God but the attraction of this foreign God that they saw brought prosperity was too strong to give up and that's the scenario that you had in Israel to all intents and purposes God allowed things it was as if God didn't know and because God didn't do anything about it the people became comfortable with that situation and as I speak you can see that the same setting we have in this nation and generally in the whole world <coughs> I was watching BBC yesterday and I was shocked it wasn't BBC, no, it was Discovery Channel I was shocked to find out that there is a huge and thriving Jewish population in Berlin they have gone back, the Jews the place where they killed 6 million of them they are there in fact they showed that the, the Western Germany is the only place in the world today where they have the fastest conversion of non-Jews to Judaism Germans themselves are becoming Jews and there's a particular, I've forgotten the name there's a particular type of music 
that can be found only in Israel. There's one other place in the world where you can find it. It's in Germany. <laughs> and um, when they showed how the thing works, the, the Jews themselves know that that music is so sacred, so they, they only perform it behind closed doors. You have to be a special member of a special club. And then there's a special door that is locked, only open for these special Jews and non-Jews to come and listen to this music. I just, when I, I, I was just, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I just said, these people must, the human being is just a human being. It's really dust. That's all. Because I will never believe that the Jews would go back. They, I, they can go anywhere, but not Germany. But that's the place that has attracted a lot of them. More than anywhere else. The second place where you find a good congregation of Jews is in New York. Anyway, we're not talking about Jews today. I just said that just to show you how man is just basically the same. Because in Nigeria, and in the world generally, many Christians who are in church, there are people in this church who love God. I know what I'm talking about. I mean, you love God. The way we worship God, you must love God. But we are like the children of Israel during the reign of Ahab. Because how we manage to love God with, well, it cannot be all our hearts, with a certain amount of our hearts. And then we turn around for Monday and, and we do those things that God doesn't really like. All because we say to ourselves, but this is the only way this is the source of prosperity this is the source of my wealth how else shall I do it and besides I pay my tithes I paid my first fruits I give my offering if there was any other way God knows I would do it but there is no other way this is the only way so we have that same situation where the church has decided to just pitch its tent with the world all for the sake of prospering. Yesterday I took a small packet of Chivita. I don't care whether there's anybody who works for Chivita here. Chivita orange juice. I poured it into a glass. Ah, the color looked one kind, but I wanted the orange juice anyhow, so I was about to drink it. My wife said, check this thing well. So, when I looked at it, I said, this thing looks like quinine. So I didn't, you know, drink it. And then I said, but um, the expiry date is correct. He said, ah, you know, Kenny, they know how to change those things. So, it might even be a Christian that changed the date and the thing ended up in my house. <laughs> but it's not funny now that there are people inside COD who are also changing dates. It's not funny. It's like saying that there's no other way. Because people say that if you, if, you, if, you, if you do business there, you have to just do it in a particular way. And some have, after a while, decided that they better opt out of that place because they know that the things that they do there are too bad. But that's not after you have made some cool money from the place. After making enough, believing that you can live on that for the next couple of years and if God is God he will patch that one up with you you now pull out that's exactly the situation that existed in Israel 
You see, when we, when we do those things, we love God with all our hearts. But Monday through to Friday, we are different human beings. It's like saying that God is not alive. And because nothing happens really, we get used to the idea that God understands. We get used to the idea that he, he, he just must understand. There's no other way. And that's why God brought in Elijah suddenly. So much so that the whole nation was taken by surprise. And Elijah had one message. He said, God is alive. God is alive. He's alive. He's alive. He's alive, Ahab. He is alive. I stand before him. And as proof that he's alive, there will be no rain. And God is looking for Christians who will operate in the spirit and in the power of Elijah. Christians who can proclaim that God is alive. Because he's alive. He's not asleep. He doesn't understand as you think he does. And the interesting thing is, if for any reason you feel like sleeping right now, something seriously is wrong with you. He's alive, he is well, and the interesting thing is, you live in a time. You see, God is a God of timing, God is a God of seasons. When God is about to judge the wicked, God is about to shut down everything that is dedicated to an idol. With all the money that is there, it's just that the money won't disappear into thin air. He is hoping that his people will be ready to take over. It's not just the issue of money. It's also our lives. Everything in your life is about to change. Everything. Somebody called me the other day and said um, they are about to they were considering making some people executive directors of banks. I said, you are a Christian, can't you? I said, I know you are a good Christian. I said, have you got a diary? She said, you won't even let me talk. I said, there's no need to talk. Have you got a diary? She said, yes. I said, write it down. The pastor says, you are an executive director. And I said, congratulations. She kept I said, okay, can she tell me the story? I said, okay, let me hear the story. She told me the story. I said, okay, I will prepare you just a few prayer points. I said, even people who are just minding their business, or wicked people in the bank who are just minding their business, I said, when you begin to pray this way, they, they will just, this doesn't really concern them, but they will just lose their jobs. I said, I hope there are enough Christians there that can take over. So if this doesn't give you motivation to be on the wrong side, tell your neighbor, Pastor says, don't be caught on the wrong side. God is a God of surprises. And he's about to surprise the enemy. He's about to surprise. You see, the children of Israel thought that there was something so spiritual about fertility, about, about wealth. And God said, okay, fine. We will see. And God is a God that has a sense of humor. He just said, okay, see they say it's a one spirit being somewhere. He said, okay, no more rain. Let us see where the fertility will come from. He reduced that spiritual power to water. He said, I'll just hold back water for a while. All of a sudden, they found out that there was no spiritual power in that situation. 
and that ordinary water could create such a major problem. And they could lose all their wealth just because there was no water. And we live in the same time. But how can you enforce God's righteousness when you are part of the problem? But I can assure you of one thing more. Listen carefully. We are going to enforce that righteousness. Because God has ordained that we don't need a full church to enforce the righteousness. We need only two or three people. That's why my job is to let everybody know now. It's time to clean up our acts. I'm sorry for those of you who are about to do some serious deals with the devil on Monday. You have come to church today. Just try it. The fire that will burn you will erase all the money you have made thus far. If you don't believe me, in fact, you will come back and tell me it's true. Because God is about to surprise the enemy. But He needs people who will walk in the spirit and in the power of Elijah to bring about that which will confound the enemy completely. You know there are places in this many, there are many hardly anywhere anywhere you will go to. The only place where there is nothing the only place where there is no spiritual force at work are the shops and the businesses that belong to Christians. No power there. But every other, and of course, some, some, after we know some Christians, because they know that they need something, they borrow a bit from the kingdom of darkness. But everywhere where there is the kingdom of darkness enthroned, first, of course, all about this nation, but we are going to deal with that first in this city. Everything is going to fall apart. Experiencing a falling apart right now, and you're a Christian, is because you and Baal have been wearing the same trouser for a while, and you've worn it for too long. Elijah says, God is alive. I stand before him, and as proof that I stand before him, there will be no rain. cannot uproot you cannot throw down you cannot destroy neither can you plant nor build you see how Jeremiah 1.10 is there is the uprooting there is the throwing down there is the destroying of the work of darkness and then there is the planting and the building of righteousness that's what that verse of scripture is all about and Elijah says He's alive. I know he's alive. I stand before him. And the proof that I stand before him is that 
we are going to enforce certain things here in Israel. And as he finished speaking, it became so. So I want to show you very briefly what it is when we say we stand before the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 10. all together Deuteronomy 10 8 because we must understand this so that we can uproot we can throw down we can destroy and then we can plant and build on behalf of God are we all there let's read together one two go at that time the Lord separated the tribe of Levi to bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord to stand before the Lord to minister unto him and to bless in his name unto this day. So we find that the tribe of Levi, God put aside. And they were to do certain things. They were to stand before the Lord to minister and to bless in his name. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 15. Then I'll link both together. Jeremiah 15, 19. We want to explain clearly what it is to stand. And you will see how in Jeremiah it upholds everything we see in 1 Kings 17 verse 1. Jeremiah 15, 19. Let us read that also together. One, two, go. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, If thou return, then I will bring thee again, and thou shalt stand before me. And if thou take forth the precious from the vial, thou shalt be as my mouth. Let them return unto thee, but return not thou unto them. Here the Bible says that God says, Jeremiah will stand before him but he has to take the precious from the vial to be able to stand before him and that if he could do that he would be what? as the mouth of, of God which is to say he would speak and it will come to pass the Hebrew word for stand it means to abide, it means to dwell, it means to be employed, it means to serve, it also means to stand fast, firm and still. So when, when Elijah says, before whom I stand, it means he abides, he lives, he dwells, he doesn't sojourn. Many of us sojourn. We, we travel, we stay a bit and then we move on. But you have to dwell, that's where you live, before God. It means to serve, it means to wait upon God. To minister, 
means to worship, to serve, to wait upon. And if you are going to walk in the spirit and in power of Elijah, you've got to be able to say that I dwell in his presence. I abide in his presence. I'm always there to serve. I wait upon him just to find out whatever it is that he wishes done. And I'm there like a servant to do his, his bidding. That's not all I do. I worship him. But what we do is stand, but stand like Gehazi. Stay in his presence, but running always to collect something from Neman. And when asked, where have you been? Say, nowhere. Not knowing that the God we are talking about is everywhere at all times. And when you go out with that man, as he's giving you the money, after he has finished sleeping with you, there are three of you involved. You, the man, and God. When you are having an adulterous affair, Everything we do, there are are three of us. God is always there. There is no sense in building anything that can be shaken. Because God will shake anything that can be be shaken. It's only the things that... Except the Lord builds... We're just wasting time. And there are people who are building now. Businesses that God is not building. The best thing to do is to stop in your tracks. And allow God to do the building himself. We must be able to abide, to dwell in the presence of God. We must be able to wait upon God. That's why Isaiah says, they that wait upon the Lord are the ones who will renew their strength. And to wait upon Him is just to be there. Just to find out what He wants done. And we know what He wants done now. I heard that the day I first started this series on, on taking the city. And I was talking about men and women. That some sisters in church were saying, Oh, Pastor Esquire should leave this matter alone. Which matter? <laughs> God will help everybody. We've got to separate the vile from the precious. That word vile is a very vile word. So you don't need too much explanation. All that God is saying is that remove the unholy from the holy. Which is saying that there's a situation in life where people mix things. And I know people who, who, who pray seriously before they go to bed, pray before they leave their homes, worship God and weep and do everything, and then get to the place where it's okay, God must understand. This is the only way this thing is done. There's no other way this thing can be done. 
But God is about to, sh- to remove those obstacles. People will make it look like this is the only way it can be done. Their time has come to an end. And since you know, if I were you, I'd just step back and watch. I'd just step back and watch. The Bible tells us that one of the things, listen carefully, before Elijah appeared in 1 Kings 17.1 and made that pronouncement, James 5 tells us that he had spent some time in the place of where? Yes. That's why we've been praying the prayers we've been praying. And we'll continue to just keep praying those prayers. And then the day will come that things will just begin to fall. There is a preparation in the place of prayer. There is a preparation in the presence of the Lord. There is a preparation in abiding and dwelling in the presence of the Lord. That's standing before God. It's time to walk into your offices with your heads high, with your chest out. It's time to just let the people know that you are a Christian. Because those idolatrous MDs that we fear, they are about to be fired. You don't believe me. You don't have to. So if you are going to walk in the spirit and the power of Elijah and then you go to a place where you know that they are punishing you for no reason and you are still bowing your head, it's a time to look at them and say, ah, you are the ones who are going to leave this place for me. Begin to prepare to take over. Let them see who you from Monday. If you are timid and afraid, if you are the one they are always passing those funny papers to sign, when you pass it, and I say, just pass it back to him. I say, sorry, I'm not signing rubbish. The person will look at you with surprise, telling that God is angry right now and some people are going to be fired. <laughs> Try it and see what will happen. These are the days of Elijah. But then we must separate the precious from the vile. We must be prepared to stand before God. There was a lady that said she should come and give a testimony. She entered a taxi. Somebody paid in dollars. So I said, stop, 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 stop. Do you come to sit on the He said, yes. I said, have you never heard that story before? She said, no. I said, you sleep when they are giving testimonies? Or you do? You come late to church? I said, she said, I never heard it before. I said, because the moment you saw somebody paying in dollars, what the testimonies we had is, if you just jump out of the, of the tax, the man made her the uh, foreign exchange controller, that she will help them change the dollar. And she agreed. And traveled from Ikoi to Ikeja. I said, come and thank God, because you are the living dead. I said, you are dead, and you are resurrected. It's true. I said, which one concerned you with dollar? In, did they pay? You, have you seen any reasonable person use dollar to pay tax? I said, yo, I entered the dollar. <laughs> it's 
not funny. And, 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 the, and it's true because I, I asked her a number of things. I said, you, as I see you, you didn't do first fruits. She agreed she didn't pray. <laughs> I said, that day when we left your house, how long did you pray? She prayed for five minutes. I said, with all the things right. I said, these are you who create problems for us. They say, ah, somebody went to the city of David. Uh, they found the body, didn't find the head. If you want to create problems for us, please now. There are some churches, all the world is problems. <laughs> Why don't you just go there? <laughs> it's true. I'm telling you, there are some places, all the churches, just one problem. The whole place is just a problem joint. Carry that problem to them. No, let's get serious. We've got to take God seriously. And that's what we've been trying to do. Cleanse your temple. And after that, you know, God will abide in you. And then you must be able to abide with Him. Then, we'll be like His mouth. We will speak and we'll be done. If you're speaking and nothing is happening, something is wrong. I taught the workers on Saturday. I said, if you've been praying, Matthew 15, 13, every plant not planted by my heavenly father shall be rooted out. Shall be rooted out. One month, two months, three months. <laughs> the problem is still there. Guess where the problem is? It's not devil that planted that problem. It's you. When you have been facing devil and Satan and say, eh, be calling my name. <clears throat> be calling my name. I said, so you better tell God again, including the plants planted by me. If you take God, every plant that the enemy has planted in my life, my life because your word says it shall be rooted out, and you say, let it be rooted out. One month, two months, three months. You have to stop now. Say, okay, Lord, uh, I think I try. I planted some plants. So maybe this one is not the one that Satan planted. And you tell God that the plants that I have planted also. Because sometimes the problem has nothing to do with Satan, it has everything to do with you. You are the one who planted the problem. They are calling Satan's name. Christians are so fond of that thing. You don't do your work well, then the thing shows you up. You say the devil is a liar. Let us make sure that the temple we have cleansed on Wednesday remains clean. And let us make sure that we begin. That's why I said, okay, give you time to adjust. But for the month of May, we are going to serve him with fastings and with praying. Because once you can meet the requirements in the Bible, the Bible says you will be like his mouth. You should be able to enter into a situation where there is a problem. The man that is giving you a problem, you look at him, look at him and say, God is angry with you. You will lose your job today. The person will lose his job that day. Because you are speaking as the mouth of God. How many people want that power? It means some people don't. Oh. Ah, there are people who don't. They tell you that, ah, they don't want any, they, they leave me as I am. Leave me as I am. Because as far as they are concerned, a house in VI, one in London, one in New York, is, is, is better than that. This one that God wants to do, let me leave it. You know, like I see, it's a lot of joy. The pastors couldn't choose that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are people like that because you don't want to mend your ways so today we are going to pray last Wednesday 
and said, don't pray for forgiveness. There's no need to pray for forgiveness. And the same thing we are going to do today. No forgiveness. Just ask God. That's what I've been doing. And it's interesting because God will remind you of something. It's amazing. How many skeletons are in your cupboards? And you have forgotten. Don't even know that there are skeletons there. Don't even know. So what you need to do is just spend some time and say, Lord, the things that I do that displease you, that do not glorify you, that you don't like, just begin to show them to me. And I promise you, Lord, that I will keep my vows. I will mend my ways. You helping me. Shall we bow our heads? That's the first thing we want to do today. You know, as we are buying our heads, there are some of us who are here. Today is not a day for long talk. If you are here, you have never made a firm commitment to God. I'm telling you the truth. The days of judgment are here. You come to church, you go out of church. You come to church, you go out of church. You come to church, you go out of church. And you assume you are a Christian. The Bible has specific, clear ways that you can become a Christian. You must open your mouth and speak to Jesus. And say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you are God. You died for me. You came down to this earth and you poured out your blood for me. You died as a man. You rose on the third day. I believe that you sit at the right hand of God. I believe that your blood that was shed was shed for my sins. Please wash me with your blood today and write my name in the book of life. That's the way God specifies things to be done. You can't do it your own way. You can't. So if you are here today and you need Jesus in your life, because the Bible says when you come to Jesus, it says when a man is in Christ, Behold, all things become new. All things are passed away. God can set aside all that which you have done that's bad and give you a new space today. A new beginning today. All it takes is a simple short prayer. That's where God began. It's God. It doesn't make it difficult. So, if you are here and you have never made a phone commitment to God, please
arguments going on in your mind now that you are going to embarrass yourself. That is what is going to see you. It's Satan that's playing pranks on you. Once you put up your hand, he keeps quiet. Remember, he walks by deception. Is anybody else here today?
But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. Jeremiah 1.10 Let's read together. One, two, go. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. One more time. See, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out and to pull down and to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Let's rise to our feet. And let us tell God, open your Bible to Jeremiah 1. So Lord, your Lord says that this day you have sent me over nations, over kingdoms, to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down. Lord, in this city, every business that has an idol erected, every marketplace where the kingdom of devil reigns, where evil is practiced, every beer parlor, every brothel, every place where prostitutes thrive, we root out, we pull down, we destroy in the name of Jesus. We stand as a church, we speak as your mouth, we root out, we pull down, we destroy every business. Lord, we say everywhere where women go and sell their bodies, oh Lord, for sexual favors. Lord, we say we are put, we throw down, we destroy. For your word says every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted shall be rooted out. In this city of Lagos, oh Lord, oh, we say every idol, every place where idols have been erected, Lord, we pull down, we throw down, we are put in the name of Jesus. Sekebagatana yadi, 
Hallelujah. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name. Ezra 7.26, I'll read. says, And whosoever will not do the law of, the, of thy God and the law of the king, let judgment be executed speedily upon him, whether it be unto death or to banishment or to confiscation of goods or to imprisonment. So let's lift up our voices and say, Lord, anyone in this city who will not do your will, anyone in this nation who will not do your will, let judgment, almighty God, let judgment, almighty God, be executed speedily, Lord, upon him. We bring your word back unto you, Lord. Hallelujah. And so shall it be. Lord, your word says that the earth is yours and the fullness thereof. All things were made by you. There's nothing that was made that was not made by you. And all things were made by you and for you and for your pleasure. We say, any who will not, O Lord, do your will, let judgment be executed upon them speedily. Mighty God in heaven, you said you have put your word in our mouth so that we may pull down, we may uproot, we may throw down, and we may destroy. And as soon we may plant 
and build. Let us lift up our voices now and decree that righteousness will win in this nation. The righteousness will envelop this city of Lagos. The righteousness that will plant righteousness, build righteousness this city, this nation. The righteousness, the righteousness of God, will bring the blood of Jesus over this entire city. And we say righteousness shall reign this city. righteousness shall reign this nation. So the walls of this city shall be walls of salvation. The gates of this city shall be gates of peace. That God Himself will be the glory in the midst of this city. That is God made us. Matazebo Saya Katamayadu. Glory and honor be unto thee. Glory and honor be unto thee. In Jesus' mighty name. In the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we just decree your righteousness over this city, Lord. We decree your righteousness over this nation, Lord. We say the walls of this nation shall be walls of salvation. The walls of this city shall be walls of salvation. The gates of this city, the place, O Lord, of decision making, the place, O Lord, of power in this city shall be gates of praise, Lord. We say, Lord, that you will be the glory in the midst of this city, Lord. That your righteousness will reign in this city. Your righteousness, Lord, we say, will reign in this city. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's just bring out our offering and worship the Lord.